I can't tell you how many times people talk about, oh, well, you don't learn this in school. And I've always believed that like we need to take a proactive approach with our teens and they, sh they shouldn't go through life void of these resources, vo void of these tools to then undo everything later. Welcome to the Parent Teen Mindset Show with Forrest and Bo. Conscious conversations to help you take your teen from anxiety, depression, and low self-esteem to empowered and inspired so you can have less chaos and more connection in your life. It takes a village. And now, on to our show. All right, all right. Welcome to the Parent Teen Mindset Show. I'm your host, Forrest Follin. I'm really, really happy that you're here listening with us today. Um, by the way, I do want you to go into Facebook, um, check out our private group for the parents of awesome teens with anxiety, depression, and low self-esteem. Just search it in the search box. It will come up. So that way we're here to support you as a community. And uh, we all need community. We all need friends, right, to share what's going on in our lives, troubles that we're having with our, our teens and young adults at home. And we are here for you. Um, our guest today, wow, we're going to cover an incredible topic, by the way. It's, it's the vital importance of a holistic education. I love this topic, the vital importance of a holistic education. Our star guest is a progressive educator, bachelor's from Berkeley in English and education, a master's from Teachers College, Columbia University, Helped a school out there in New York grow from the second year of inception. Then she came out here into the San Diego region, started her own school, Soul Charter School, which my daughter actually was enrolled in. This guest actually helped my daughter in a big way during some critical times in her, uh, in her teen years, which she's still a part of. She's only 17 right now. Um, and she's now serving youth through the Integra Development Center, which she will talk about on this podcast. I'm really excited. Let's give a big hand and a warm welcome for Marissa Fogelman. Hey, Marissa. Thank you, Forrest. That was a great introduction. Thank you so much. Uh, super excited to have you on. Yeah, and I just wanted to, to thank you first and foremost for helping my daughter, you know, during those years and that time when she was at, at Seoul Charter School. Um, you had so much love and warmth and connection oh. and, and, and a holistic approach that I was just fully on board with as a dad, you right. know? So I just really appreciate you showing up and understanding that there's gaps and problems in the educational system and being able to really make a change, right? With your, your ideas and your foresight. So thank you for that. No, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I love Jada. Remember the conversations that I had with both Jada and yourself and it's so nice being able to work with students, um, especially when they have parents that are aligned with the mission and vision of what we do. And so happy to be here because this is my favorite thing on the planet to talk about. So that's that's so incredible. Before before we go into the into the topic of the vital importance of a holistic education, let's talk about first you and your why. Right. I want to know a little bit more about kind of what got you to the point where this is such a passion of yours. Yeah, so a little bit about my background and my story is I always say that I felt very fortunate because I knew in first grade that my life's calling was to be a teacher. Um, and after first grade, I watched everything my teachers did, took mental notes of all the things I was going to do and not do when I became a teacher. And then I got to middle and high school and I struggled tremendously and I 
hated high school in particular and just felt like it was a waste of four years of my life. I was really analytical of the education I was receiving and I was baffled by the fact that I went to school every day and there was so much happening internally that wasn't getting addressed in my education. And I basically, I understood the importance of education, so I always did really well, but behind the scenes, beneath the surface, I struggled a lot with everything that was going on in my life and was desperate um, for that to be reflected in my education, and it just wasn't. And my senior year of high school, I sat down to Thanksgiving dinner, and my uncle Denny asked me what I was gonna do with my life, and I told him that my plan was to revolutionize our school system so that teens would actually want to go to school and feel like they were benefiting from the education they were receiving. Um, and so he asked me what kind of school I was going to open and he asked me if I was going to do a private school and I was very definitive that I didn't want to do a private school. I wanted to make sure that everybody had access to the kind of school I was going to create. And he mentioned charter. Um, and so that was the first time I had heard the word charter school. I researched everything there was to know. The path to my future was illuminated at that point. Um, and then I went into my undergrad and graduate work and wound up in New York City teaching, um, all the while really discerning what a revolutionary approach to education would look like. Um, and I had different ideas, and that's probably a topic for another day, but ultimately what happened was I got caught up in life and in New York, and I, I always joke that... I became a human doing versus a human being in New York City with the go, 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 do, do, do <laughs> mentality. And oh, yeah. as, yeah, I mean, um, it's so impressed upon us within our culture that I wound up really ill and wound up in a treatment center. And fast forward three and a half months, my entire life was transformed at that treatment center and essentially that treatment center was focused on healing me from the inside out given a whole slew of modalities and this light bulb went off that this was absolutely missing from our education system and if i could transform within a three and a half month period what could we possibly do for students when we hold them in that space and expose them to all those things and really nurture their internal world and essentially all parts of who they are, um, which I came to define as mental, emotional, social, physical, and personal. Mm. I got the chills up and down my spine when you, you know, spoke about that journey, that part of your journey, you know, and, and you, yeah. you had to get to that, that point of even getting sick and everything and going on your own healing path to really have the extra light bulb go off. Oh, wow. I can marry this passion with education to this path of wellness. And that could actually become a unified piece. So yeah. that is incredible. Thank you. And here's the thing with that. That's, it was very reactive and so much of what we do is reactive and i've heard my story mirrored in so many other people which is that in their 20s 30s 40s whenever it is they learn all of these different things about themselves spirituality relationships fill in the blank um and then there's so much to undo and so much relearning and unlearning 
And I can't tell you how many times people talk about, oh, well, you don't learn this in school. And I've always mm -hmm. believed that like we need to take a proactive approach with our teens and they, sh they shouldn't go through life void of these resources, vo void of these tools to then undo everything later. Um, so yeah, I believe in taking a proactive, responsive approach to life and instilling that in our kids. Like to me, there's nothing that's more important than that. Wow, that's incredible. What to the parent listening right now, right? They're listening to this. They're like leaning in on the edge of their seat. Um, you know, what are like three pieces of advice that, you know, if you had to just give three quick things that they can run with to help their teen, you know, what would those three things be right now? Um, well, I, I would approach the question a little bit differently in the sense of like what they could do right now that would be very simple is mm -hmm. adopt the mindset of the five building blocks and looking at the student, um, even just the family, the self within the five building blocks, which um, for us, again, is we it's defined as mental power, emotional intelligence, social skills, social skills, physical well-being and personal development. And if that becomes a part of the languaging, if that gets encouraged, if parents can incorporate those five building blocks into daily conversations, and then there's things you can do within each of those five building blocks to support teens, um, we're creating a framework for how students can live um, that they just aren't exposed to typically. And it's an intentional framework that's getting built in. So, you know, it's like when you talk about mental power, I know that this is something near and dear to your heart and it, everything starts there. So it's even just like encouraging your student to set a daily intention or to repeat a mantra or an affirmation or develop a gratitude practice, things of those of that nature. And then where emotional intelligence is concerned, for me, I think when I think about my four year old um, daughter, so much of my development and helping her understand emotional intelligence is what I'm modeling for her and showing her that one, I can name my emotions and talk about them and two, that I can respond to them versus react. Um, and that's hard to do. And I'm certainly mm. not perfect and parents don't, you know, we shouldn't feel the need to be perfect, but we're modeling for our kids daily. And so that's hugely important and just asking them how they're doing and how they're feeling and encouraging them to name that because it's such an easy thing that I think people forget that we're not taught to name how we're feeling. And if we don't know how we're mm. feeling, then we don't know how to properly respond to our emotions. And so essentially my answer to your question is to adopt those five building blocks, be really mindful of them, and then to incorporate different tools, resources, strategies within those five. That's incredible. I love the idea of two building a language that we, we can now identify how we're feeling. I mean, for us as kids, let's face it, there was happy and sad, you know what I mean? And bored, you know, those were the three emotions. And, yeah. uh, you know, there's a whole, there's a whole plethora of emotional states that we go through. Um, and yeah. also understanding that we don't need to judge ourselves because I think, you know, as a society, we, we learn from our parents oftentimes to yeah. harshly judge and criticize ourselves and our self talk 
becomes mm-hmm. very negative and repetitive in that way. And by what you're saying is introducing an affirmation or some type of uh, intention. I mean, that could really s- start to um, create an intentional way of thinking and being in an, a certain emotional state. And I would say, um, you know, one parent, for example, they said, isn't that kind of brainwashing? And I was like, no, you don't understand. Your teen is being brainwashed every day by this, 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 and that. So like, what do you see as some of the problems, Marissa, in terms of like the conditioning that our teens have been under <laughs> and, and kind of hypnotized to see the world a certain way? Absolutely. And perception is everything. Um, you know, it's funny because I was at the center, I was talking to, to our teens about this today um, and we had such a great conversation and they were just talking about how life has no meaning. It, was, it wound up being like a very existential conversation, but I was mm. like, essentially you're correct. Life doesn't have any meaning except for the meaning that we give it. And they mm. are consistently programmed, um, especially by social media, by television, by by the media, by the songs that they're listening to. And so they kind of go through life day in and day out and it's not intentional. And so absolutely we want to be programming them and instilling positive tapes, positive messages, positive ways of being, because we are literally, this is part of my, my challenge or issue with the school system is schools teach you how to think or they teach you what to think, not how to think. And mm. I, that's why I love what you're doing is because so much of what they're needing is to learn how to think. And that is like, how are you going to choose to perceive the world? How are you going to choose to perceive the events of your life? What are you going to do as a, re- as a response to those things? And even back to what you were sharing about emotions, we're often taught that anger, sadness, all, like those things are negative emotions. Um, I hear teens talk Mm. about that all the time and they relate those to being negative because they don't, they feel bad. Um, anger Mm. doesn't feel good. Sadness doesn't feel good. They don't know what to do with that, but really no emotion is bad. And it's, it's dangerous Mm. when we start to label them that way, because ultimately when we're not feeling our emotions because we're feeling that they're bad, they're becoming stuffed. And that's where we see instances of depression and anxiety versus allowing students to feel safe with their feelings, allow them to express their feelings, allow those feelings to move through them and understand mm. that they're not bad, um, that this is just like part of the human experience. And then they're yeah, more empowered so to figure out how to respond I love that. to that. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I think uh, labeling good or bad, yeah, that creates a whole another level of judgment that doesn't really need to be there. And so, you know, by stripping away the labels and right. by um, instead of labeling as good or bad, how, how can you use anger, the feeling, and maybe react in a skillful way with your anger, right? And there's, there's skillful types of ways to let anger work through you. Maybe you can exercise or draw or paint or write a song. And that's a skillful way to use anger. And even by the way, you exploding, you, you, you yelling and exploding, that's not bad either. It just, you don't want that to kind of control your life. I remember anger for me, I had a, I was very like holding and suppressing all of my anger all for years until finally it came out. And when it did, it became self-destructive and I would mm-hmm. punch the fence in the backyard until my hands were 
gory, bloody. Wow. Then I would get in my yeah. car and I'd go a hundred miles an hour down a 25, just like, you know, and I'm lucky I never killed anybody. Right. I was right. 16 years old. Right. So I wish I had some of this stuff that you're talking about right now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it literally transforms students li lives when we have those conversations and, and, you know, even it's just like holding space, for students to like feel their feelings and to discuss them. There's so, I can't tell you so many times at the center, I'll go in with like some kind of elaborate lesson plan um, based on one of the five building blocks because that's what we do. It's always a, a lesson curriculum based around the five. Um, and I move away from the lesson and just recognize that they just need to talk. Um, and when we hold space for kids just to talk and just to be able to share, it's totally magical. And it's like uh, so much of my gratitude comes in those spaces because it's just so beautiful watching them have the safety to share and express mm. themselves. And I know what a difference it's making for them just to be able to do that do and to do that in community. Parents, listen to that. Like how many teens don't feel heard right now? You know, really think about that, parents. How many teens, does your teen feel heard? And if they're not feeling heard and seen, you know, what might be the repercussions from that? Um, Marissa, we're talking about the vital importance of a holistic education. Um, why is it vitally important that we move in that direction? What are the problems and why is it so vital? It's how we live our life. Um, and you know, I know that this is, we, we've touched upon this, but our education system is so outdated. We're operating in an education system that's over a hundred years old and it's always addressed one part of the self, which is the mental cognitive aspect of the self. Um, and, and at that, that's been so limited. And so when I think about a revolutionary approach to education and what students really need, it's they need to be developed in all parts of, of who they are. And the ultimate goal of our schooling, in my opinion, um, is to know who you are, to discover your passions and purpose and be able to thrive holistically. Those were the three principles that, um, the three guiding principles of soul. And I, it's something I live my life by and I know that our, our students need it. And right now, at best, our students um, graduate high school at best prepared to survive, if that. Um, and they mm. certainly don't graduate equipped to thrive. And so it is absolutely vital for them um, to feel safe within themselves, safe within the world, to contribute in the best way that they can, that they receive an education that is all encompassing of who they are. This short break comes from our sponsor, you. That's right. You are the reason our show exists. Thank you. Please head over to ParentTeenMindsetShow.com and become a patron of the show. It takes a village. With your monthly contribution, you help us support more parents and teens. We appreciate you big time. And now, back to our show. Wow. Can you tell me any like anecdotal stories about like a, a teen that you served or worked with that you saw turn around that you were able to help? You don't have to use any names or anything. You can make up a name, but do you have any, any, yeah. any stories of, of, of something like that? 
Yeah, there's um, one student that always immediately comes to mind. Um, she came from a district school, and I think one of the things that's hard for parents to hear, um, and I was actually even talking to somebody about this today, is that we have like educational wounds and educational trauma based on our schooling. Um, sometimes it's as a result of something a teacher said, sometimes it's a result of the culture of the school. Um, but when we look, when I look back personally at my childhood and some of the core beliefs that I have, a lot of them be were engendered within my schooling. And so anyway, there was a student that came to us that was traumatized by going to a large district school. Um, it was, she was in middle school. She came in seventh grade and, um, mom called cause she felt like her daughter's light was going out. And mm. at that point they had just been telling her like, just get through it, just get through it, just get through it. There's this whole idea around mm. schooling is like, just get through it. It's, it's a t really tough time in your life. Just get through it. Everything will be okay. And she got to a point where she just couldn't get through it and she refused to go to school. And so her mom found soul and I'll never forget the first day she came, I essentially did a dance with her in the parking lot because she was so traumatized by the idea and the concept of school that she wouldn't even come in. And eventually we got her in and the first day she stayed for 30 minutes, the second day, an hour, the third day, I think a couple hours. Um, but within I'd say three months, that same student, uh, led our WASC visit uh, when we were getting WASC approved. She led all of our school tours. When our school was up for renewal, she spoke out on behalf of the school. She just integrated all of the concepts of Integra, became really comfortable with who she was and just became so empowered. It was a different child as a result of feeling safe and getting some tools through what I believe was Integra and the, and the education. So, I mean, it's where we see true transformation in, in kids is when we're developing them um, from all aspects of the self. That's so awesome. That's a very touching story and, and so beautiful. You know, the, you doing whatever you could dance in the parking lot. If you got to just come in, give this a try. It's different, you yeah. know, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like, uh, you know, this close to teary eyed, not, I'm not crying, but this close to teary eyed. And you're, you're one of the, the, the first people on this podcast to really kind of make me, it hit home because I had such a hard time in my own, yeah. uh, high school career. And I wanted to run and I, and I wanted to, I wanted to say, you know what? I just can't do this anymore. And Ooh. it was that exact attitude that you're talking about is just yeah. get through it. Just graduate. Your life can start then. I'm like, I don't want yeah. my life to start then. I wanted my life to start now. I want you to see me now as a human being. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. How does a holistic education, uh, you know, how, how does it let people be seen as a human being now? Not something that one day I'm going to be somebody. Right. I love that because I feel like that is part of the old paradigm of education is this very outdated, expired view of success. Um, and it's something it that's been ingrained in us. So it's no fault to parents, but it's something that gets perpetuated. And it also gets perpetuated from educators. And one, it's this idea that success is achieved later. 
um, and that only after you go to college and only after you receive a degree and only after you get into the workforce are you a contributing member of society. And that's so disempowering. Um, and absolutely, I love what you're saying because our teens are positive contributors to our world and society now. Look at Greta, look at Malala. Like, There's all these teens doing amazing things. So we need to be telling them that they're successful humans right now. There's nothing that they need to do. Who they are is really important. And the second piece of that outdated old narrative that we've asked kids to buy into is that there's one linear path to success. And that if they're gonna be a successful human, that they need to graduate and go to a four-year school and and get a degree or two or three. And yes, that was part of the framework of our culture and our society. We've absolutely moved out of that, um, where we're, we are shifted into a new paradigm. And so to sell kids on that idea that there's one path for them to be successful is really a detriment to them because we've taught them that there's only societal markers of success and it's negating their internal markers of success. And so really what we impress upon students is maybe it is college, maybe it is a four-year school if that's the path to your future. Maybe it's entrepreneurship. Maybe you're taking a gap year. Maybe you're doing social entrepreneurship and going and developing third world countries. But ultimately the greatest measure of success is to get students in touch with their own passions and purpose and allowing them to contribute to society and the world in that way and figure out how to monetize their passions and purpose. And then we have a society of people that are creating a life versus you know working to make a living. Um, and so that makes a huge difference too for, for kids to understand that and to see that yeah. you know, there's many ways for them to do life. How many adults are there eking out a, a living through quiet desperation and not living their passion? One of my coaches, um, and I, I spend money to invest in myself on mindset coaches and business coaches. I believe in coaching and mentorship. One of my coaches is only 20 years old, and he's a multimillionaire he teaches people how to do YouTube channels correctly and to and to nice. grow their YouTube following. His name is Matt Parr. He started when he was 14 years old, and he just basically treated YouTube like a video game where he was just like so involved and, and following his passion. And now, yeah. you know, like talk about success. I mean, there's all kinds of stories like that. Teens could be podcasters. They could work for a nonprofit. They can go help. Like you have, you have a cat there, Marissa, with you. Uh, you were tell, telling me earlier. They can go help the cats and dogs at the Humane Society. There's so many things that teens can do now. And I think yeah. that's missing. You know, mm -hmm. I think that's adding to the depression is because they don't feel like they're a valuable member of society at this point in, in our in our current paradigm. Right. And ultimately, we when we peel back the layers, you know, I think on a surface level, we're like uh, we we think to ourselves, oh, I want my child to go to an Ivy League school or a great college and get this degree. But how many people are even graduating college in debt and still disconnected from themselves and still disconnected what, to what lights them up? And really, the ultimate goal of success is for people to contribute in a way that's most authentic to them. And our, our, our goal in education and working with teens is to help kids get in touch with that authentic part of them and 
help them understand who they want to be in the world, how they want to contribute, and then give them the tools that they need to illuminate that path. I mean, that's really the best way that we can be serving them um, and like showing them that we honor them, we see them, we hear them, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I had a, a gentleman on the podcast um, on another episode named Rish, and um, <clears throat> we talked about East meets West, you know, the philosophies mm -hmm. of East meeting the philosophies of, of West and how there's certain strengths and weaknesses in both. And yes. if you can somehow kind of combine some of those philosophies, um, there could be an, an interesting shift that occurs. Um, t tell me more about like, um, like how your philosophies of things like mindfulness, things that you might have might people might associate with like the East meditation or mindfulness or, um, uh, you know, different disciplines such as that. Does that kind of interwoven in, into your thought process at all? Absolutely. I feel like mindset is key because that's mm -hmm. where we spend so much of our time. It's, you know, we're making decisions um, based upon our mind and our mindset. And one of my favorite quotes is, if you're depressed, you're living in the past. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. If you're at peace, you're living in the present. And so um, I think the more that we can encourage mindfulness and encourage kids to be present in the moment, we eliminate so much of that. So mindfulness that's so is so awesome. Huge. Yeah. What would you, what would you say to the, the parent that's listening right now? That's like, okay, I get it, Marissa. My, my, the educational system is not the best. There are pathways. Maybe I've just been focused on one pathway, but now I'm opening up to that. There's many pathways of success. Now what they might be like, okay, well, am I just stuck with my education? Is there a complimentary services out there? Like, I don't, I wouldn't know where to start. Um, well, that's what, what we're focused on at the development center. And so, um, and, and the goal with Integra education is to serve as an educational consultant to get Integra into the hands of families, schools, districts, et cetera, so that Integra becomes a part of the framework and how people live their lives. Um, we are going to do a summer program. And so that will be exciting. It's going to be a six week, um, program, two days a week, three hours a day. We'll where we'll be incorporating so much of these pieces. Um, outside of that, I feel like there are definitely resources when you can, when you break down mental, emotional, social, physical, and personal, you can think about different resources that you can add in within each of those five components. Um, but the reason why I went on to develop a business and develop to develop soul is because I just, it, I didn't find that anywhere. Um, and I didn't find that our, our teens were being exposed to that anywhere. Um, and so it's why it's so near and dear to, to who I am and to the, to the way that I choose to live my life and, and my mission. That's so awesome. And, and for those listening to the podcast right now, go to the show notes, check it out. We're going to have all the information for you there in the show notes of this podcast. And then, you know, Marissa will also give the website and everything in a, in a second. So, um, excellent. Do you have, and I, li I like to ask this every once in a while, do you have any like favorite quotes and or favorite books on, uh, that have changed your life? Oh gosh, so many. Um, quotes. I do a quote every single day. 
I love quotes. So every <laughs> single day at dinner, we have an intention for the day. And I also incorporate um, a quote that goes along with it. Um, but books that made a huge difference. Um, the Alchemist. I love Paulo Coelho. Um, Wayne Dyer was very significant. Siddhartha. I read Siddhartha in college. Um, and that was very impactful. Um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, I think is crucial for students to read. Um, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's it's funny because I have my bookshelf over here and I'm so in the mindset of the five building blocks that my books are um, categorized by mental power, emotional intelligence, social, social skills, physical well-being, and personal development um, because I think it's so important to cultivate all parts of who you are. And, and that's how we look at the whole person. It's like if you're constantly feeding your mind with things or just always working out and taking care of your body, you're not going to roll through life smoothly because there's other parts of yourself that are getting neglected. Um, but yeah, I think books are, books are huge. So that's like, that's another one is getting some of these really important books into the hands of your kids. Although, um, I, <laughs> getting you know, them to read them is another thing, right? <laughs> right. right. How yeah. you present that or is, is another story, but yes. Right, right. But I, but I love those books that you mentioned and, and I got a chance to meet, uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, um, oh. you know, and that was incredible. His, Amazing. his energy, it was transformative. Just, I shook his hand and it was like, wow, you know, listening to him speak yeah. is just incredible. Um, yeah, always, so, and yeah, all those books that you mentioned, all, yeah, all those books that you yeah, mentioned Louise were, were fantastic. Was hoping to yeah. meet Louise, but yeah. Mm, I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so much, so much richness and depth in some of those books. So please go out, read them for yourself, have your teens read them, read them together. I think that's a, gr a great thing to do. Um, Chunk it down, and, you know. Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you um, two, two last things. Um, one, is there anything about Integra Development Center that you want us to know? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, I, I just want parents to know that there's a resource out there um, mm -hmm. and that there are people out there doing this work with teens because I think oftentimes parents feel very distraught. They don't know where to go. Uh, they don't know what they don't know. And they don't know that outside of, you know, therapy, which I, I think is great. I encourage um, our, our students to go to therapy or do different modalities, but um we are out there and we solely focus on the development of teens in, in all five of those areas. And again, some kids come to us, um, you know, because they're, they're dealing with anxiety and depression. And sometimes they come to us like, again, in a proactive manner of just like con continuing to build out this mindset and this way of being and gaining more tools for how to experience the world. Um, so absolutely yeah and we're in encinitas so um we have a great great facility right on second street so we're really central we're across the street from a beautiful um j point overlook so we always have lunch overlooking the ocean so it's great and connection wow yeah kids, you know, that's it's, gorgeous uh, encinitas yes, is beautiful um, are you 
Are you working with any kids online too, or is it just locally? Um, which is fine either way. It's just locally. We will extend yeah. our program out so that kids all over the world can can participate. But right now, we formed in response to the pandemic and to yeah, knowing that kids were really struggling in their room by themselves. And so we wanted to create a safe mm. space where they could actually come in person to do their work and to be exposed to Integra. Mm, thank you for doing that. Yeah, I'm sure that's been super, super helpful for the kids involved and for the parents. Thank you. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, Marissa, you. is there any... Um, yeah, I'm going to ask you to do something with me if you'll... Awesome, uh, yeah. If you'll take the challenge, right? Sure. Um, I would like you to speak directly to the mom or dad right now, just mm -hmm. soul to soul, directly to the mom or dad. They're, they're, they've, they've, they've done it the best they can. They know they've made some mistakes, but they've tried their hardest, but things aren't playing out that the way that they had envisioned with their teen. Their teen yeah. is having those problems of depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, yeah. low motivation. Um, what would you say to that mom or dad listening right now to instill that hope within them? Yeah, I mean, one, I think everyone needs to hear, like, you're not alone. There's so many parents that just don't know what to do with their teens, and they're watching their teens suffer, especially in response to COVID, or there's their child's issues have been exacerbated by COVID, but you're not alone. Um, it will get better. I fully believe that, and there are resources out there, and so sending, like, those parents that are struggling so much love and, and support and hope. Um, and I just think like, absolutely the best thing you can do is just show your child that you see them, you hear them, you recognize their struggles and just hold space for them and, um, they'll come around. Thank you, Marissa Fogelman. Thank you so much for being on the Parenting Mindset Show. This has been so much fun. It has been so much fun. Can you, Thank you so much for hosting. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Um, how can people get a hold of you? Is there a website that they can go to or anything like that? And I will put it in the show notes as well, but go ahead. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, our website is integraeducation.org, I-N-T-E-G-R-A, integraeducation.org. And then if you want to reach out to me personally, my email is mfogelman, F-O-G-E-L-M-A-N, at integraeducation.org. Fantastic, Marissa. You've brought so much value to the parents listening today. I really, really see and appreciate you and all the hard work that you do and living your passion, you're, you're modeling it for everyone else. So thank you. I got you, Forrest. Thank you. <laughs> you bet. Have a great one. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll see you on the next show. Bye-bye. Bye. Can you think of someone who really needs to hear this message right now? Great. Send them a link to this show. Sharing is caring. Also, go on to Facebook right now and search parents of awesome teens with anxiety, depression, or low self-esteem so you can gain access to our supportive community. Remember, it takes a village. Thanks for listening to the Parent Teen Mindset Show.